You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. Welcome to the Amazing Race Oz. No, that's the old show, the Oz Network, as Woo-hoo! we cover the Amazing Race. We're moving on to Canada now, and uh, I'm Colin, and Rossi's here. But of course, the most important thing is hey. we have Martina. <laughs> we have Hello. Martina from season six. Hi, our everyone. Our favorite contestant, and hi, she's hi, hi. here. <laughs> For a couple of minutes, at least, to uh, start this recap with us, and then you know Rossi and I will finish it up. But we're also going to have you know a full interview with Martina that'll be up uh, over the weekend. But uh, Martina, you don't have a TV, <laughs> no, but you still watched this show. Yes. So how did you actually see the first two episodes if you don't have a TV or you don't have cable? And what are you thinking about the season so far? Okay, so I don't have cable, so I had to go watch it at my friend Corey's house, episode one. And episode two, I watched it at my brother's place. Um, I think it looks exciting. I love the racers. I'm so surprised that Jet and Dave um, were eliminated in the first leg. Uh, Rookie mistake with not having a map. But, yeah, I'm really excited to see what's going to happen. And, oh, the motorcycle one was really scary. The dirt bike one was very scary. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Would you have done the dirt bike one? Well, if you go through both of these episodes, you know, we yeah. had like the uh, zip lining across the, Ooh, the, yeah. the lake or whatever it was. Uh, you had the dirt bike, you know, those two challenges are those things you would have jumped at where you'd have been like, Phil, you're taking this. Yeah, I, <laughs> I'm I, sitting I out. Phil. I'm waiting for the sewing challenge. <laughs> yes. I tell. I told Phil when we were watching the dirt bike, I'm like, oh my God, I don't think I can do the dirt bike one. That looks so dangerous and scary. And he's like, no, if Arthur can do it, you can do it too. She's short and small like you. <laughs> you can do anything. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I can do it too. So, yeah. And then with the zipline one, that looks terrifying. My brother's like, I want to do that. I think I would rather have done like the Lion King challenge because that seems yeah. less athletic and scary. And I'd rather have my brother do like the zipline one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Are you a fan of the Lion King? Or are you going to be watching the movie next week? Oh, I love Lion King. Yeah, I definitely want to watch it. Maybe I'll find a theater near me. And then go watch it. Mm-hmm. I mean, after watching all these people record their voiceovers, you got to know it by heart now, right? Yeah. Like, do you watch the trailer in theaters? Like, I had this happen to me. You watch the trailer and you're just repeating after what's going on. Are you going to be watching this movie and yeah. doing your own voiceovers or knowing the lines already? Oh, uh, I kind of have a bad memory. So I don't think I can remember <laughs> the lines. As you can tell from the art challenge. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Hopefully they'll release uh, special editions in Canada where you hear Irina doing the lines instead of the actors. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. They got to release that in theaters. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Mix oh, some she, of the voiceovers in there. She cut it on the first try. That was very impressive. Now, mm-hmm. what is your take on Dave and Irina? Because they're the ones that people are divided on. <sighs> yeah. I, I read some of it on social media. Um, I think they're just super competitive. Like, they're just really mm-hmm. competitive people. I don't think they mean any harm towards other people. Um, maybe they're kind of a little bit misunderstood. I want to give mm-hmm. them the benefit of the doubt. Mm-hmm. And they Me seem too. very strong. Right, Rossi? <laughs> Rossi's quiet. <laughs> I know. Not the biggest fans, but they're not mm-hmm. the worst. Yes. Um, really your season didn't have a lot of that. I mean, I'm sure there was a lot of competitiveness, but like what we see with Jet and Dave and Dave and Arena in episode one, I mean, it's like hardcore. And I think both, my take is they both seem to be having a lot of fun with it, but was there a lot of competitive, like even if it wasn't with your team, was there competitiveness like that on your season? I don't think anyone thought we were that competitive. 
No. <laughs> I, know. I don't know. No one trash talked to us and we didn't trash talk anybody else. I think we're just surprised that we got U-turned because you tend to U-turn strategically very strong teams, not mm-hmm. the weaker teams. But even when we got U-turned, we were third last. We weren't even last or second last. We were mm-hmm. third last. So I guess we're stronger than we thought we were. Mm-hmm. You mentioned briefly with Jet and Dave you know, going home. I mean, this was Canada's vote and uh, yeah. which team they'd bring back out of three. Now, Famously, in our group chat, you know, myself, Rossi, and Jared, when this was announced, uh, all of us had the same response. Where are Martina and Phil in here? (laughs) I know. I wish I could have, like, been voted on. I would totally come back for All-Stars. All-Stars! All-Stars! Oh, we know this is going to happen soon enough. And you're the first choice, I think, of any producers on the show. I guarantee you're the first choice. In fact, my theory is this taste of the race you're doing, Mm -hmm. which, you know, people can listen to us. We'll talk more about that tomorrow in our interview. But uh, that's sort of like, well, let's hold off on them for a bigger season. And, you know, for now, we'll give them the taste of the race and they could be cooking, keep them fresh and people minds you're definitely coming back that's my thought really oh yeah i, I want to come back i need to start exercising now i need yeah. to start like preparing <laughs> for all stars i need to practice running did you vote for one of the three teams though like yes or would you tell us who you voted for because yes. all three of us pick different ones oh really so i i, I want to see who you landed on here so jet and dave brent and sean yes. and frankie and amy which one did you vote for I voted for Frankie and Amy because I've met them and they're really nice and I like them. And then like they came to my house and they came to my brother's house and yeah, I like them very much. And then like, yeah, I kind of like feel like I, we were kind of like their team, like their team inspired us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, that makes me the winner, Rossi, if you're counting, because I was pulling for Frankie and Amy. <laughs> oh yeah. Who are you guys voting for? Well, I voted for Frankie and Amy. Uh, okay. Rossi, your team was Jet and Dave. Yes. Yeah, not that I could vote, but... No, no. <laughs> oh, yeah, because you're not in Canada. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But he would have voted for Jet and Dave. So, I uh-huh. mean, them going first, obviously, it's the big shocker. Yeah. Are you surprised that it came down to something as small as just navigation and not having a map? And did you guys always make sure you had a map? Or, like, yeah, what do you think a... is the choice, map or GPS? Oh, no. Like, well, when you're on the race, you have to have maps. Like, we had so mm-hmm. many maps that I think out of, like, we'd get 10 maps at the airport or whatever, or wherever we were. And we didn't even use, like, half the maps that we took. We had mm-hmm. so many maps. It was incredible. <laughs> so I couldn't believe that they didn't they didn't have a map. That, that's, like, a rookie mistake. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, my and brothers, they're the, only ones, the yeah. only ones who are not rookies there make the rookie mistake. <laughs> I know. I think I'm telling you, it's a pressure. It's like, it's the pressure of like, you know, being in your hometown advantage or mm. maybe, yeah, something like that. Like hometown advantage or like being cocky or mm-hmm. you haven't been on it for so long. I don't know. I don't know. Or it's a, oh, you know what Dylan and Kwame said? It may have been the sign up curse, being the first team oh, to yeah. sign up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, that's becoming a, a plague on the Amazing Race Canada. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <see>. exactly. Right? <laughs> see? See? So, I well, don't know. Well, obviously, you can't have you out here for the whole episode. We can hear you. Yeah. You're, you're driving away. You've got, you're a busy person. You've got oh, yeah. lots to do. You're probably going off to cook something against Phil right now. Just before we go, you know, we will hear more <laughs> from you in the interview tomorrow. Yes. But um, Taste of the Race, how do yes. people actually watch that? And what is it? Okay, so Taste of the Race 
is through Dempsters, and we're making food that's inspired by the locations of Season 7, Amazing Race Canada. So wherever the races go, we're going to make food inspired from there. And you can watch it on CTV. Uh, if you go on to the Amazing Race, just Google Amazing Race, uh, the first link on CTV, you can just click on it. And then there should be on the top menu, Taste of the Race. And then you can just click on that. And then watch me and Phil cook. Trust me, I'm a better <laughs> cook than he is. Or maybe not. I don't know. I cannot say. Dun, dun, dun. I mean, you do get paid to cook and teach others to cook. So I hope oh, that yes. you have some points over him. <laughs> oh, yes. I may have a bit of an advantage because I have the experience. <laughs> yeah, I hope I'm a better cook than him. Yeah. Uh, well, it's great to have you on, Martina, and we will talk to you more tomorrow. People can listen to that. And then yes. hopefully even have you back on maybe for a full recap later on in the season. Yes. Maybe we'll save it for something big later on down the road. But yes. uh, so excited to have you on here. And I guarantee, you know, of all the things you've done since the Amazing Race Canada has ended, yes. Taste of the Race is number two, appearing on the Oz Network's number one, right? Woo, woo, woo! Oz <laughs> Network, I love you guys. Thank you for having me. Ow, ow, everybody listen to them. I will teach you. And Rossi, it took us a whole year, but we finally got Martina on. Let's give a round of applause here for Martina. More enthusiasm. you got to clap for Jared's behalf, Ben. I'm doing double time. <laughs> All right. <laughs> um, so we've waited long enough. We uh, should say we wanted to record a season or an episode one recap last week, but uh, it got delayed by a few days because I pretty much completely lost my voice. And then as my voice started to come back, I said, you know, Rossi, can you handle the majority of the hosting on this? And, you know, I'll respond whenever I actually uh, have some power in my voice. And then right before I recorded, you said, uh, I'm really sick. Can we do this next week? So we're covering two episodes right now. We're going to quick fire a lot of this stuff, get through it, but uh, it'll be fun. Overall, what was your opinion on episodes one and two and the start of season seven that we've seen so far? It's been enjoyable. I mean, just to like kind of specific about the episodes, the first episode just didn't feel like a premiere to me. So I've kind of been slow to enjoy it. Like some of the teams are really fun. I feel like the casting is fun and the race is just there. So it's been a good start. I think that we've had some interesting drama. Obviously, the first eliminated team was pretty dramatic. I think there's been some fun stuff. But I mean, it's, at this point, like it's on the lower end of some of the like seasons I've of, of all the seasons that we've had so far. I mean, the challenges have been a little lackluster. Like there was no death stunt in the first episode, so it was just kind of well, flat. I mean, I, I, okay, I was gonna say I'm kind of with you in that. I think episode two, the challenges weren't as exciting. I thought episode one was great, and you know, it wasn't like a death stunt, but I think it's pretty close when they had to sort of fly over top of that giant lake and drop a ball well but Ooh. okay here's the thing i like well we'll get into the challenges in a bit but i agree with you on some things don't disagree on other things um, i'm completely with you on the cast like this cast on i don't know minute one stood out and i feel there's something very similar we saw last year i remember when we did the recap for the beginning of season six at least my opinion was i'm like all these teams are so high energy and I wasn't sure what it was. Like, is this just overall excitement about being on the race? But episode two, everybody kind of calmed down a little bit. Um, but that huge excitement that we got from the teams really did help, I feel, to make everybody stand out in episode one. Um, you know, a couple of teams, you know, just off the top of my head. I mean, Dave and Arena, they're getting a lot of mixed reactions. But 
Um, me, I'm very positive on them just because I think they're great characters. And, you know, also Jamie watched this with me. I've tried to show her so many seasons of the Amazing Race US, Amazing Race Canada, and she'll be there episode here and there never really that invested. She really loved David Arena. <laughs> so um, maybe getting slight villains on the show uh, is a little bit of a benefit, uh, going to get some uh, new interest in the show. Um, but uh, between episode one and two, did you have a favorite? Uh, uh, was it the the premiere? Because you said the premiere overall wasn't as good of a start, or were you saying that episode two wasn't as good of a start, or both? I think episode, I kind of both. Like I just I thought episode one was definitely better, just because like challenges were more interesting. There was more like crazy stuff going on, like the whole suspense of Jet and Dave coming back, and like actual suspense of who is going to be last and all that kind of stuff and the competition between Dave and Irene and the guys and all this kind of stuff like there was interesting stuff I just felt like in terms of a premiere it didn't feel any more special like Jet and Dave come out of a balloon arch and that was it and then we drop a ball in a pit like remember that season where they like did a tightrope between buildings and the woman in the suit was doing it or something Mm -hmm. like and there was crazier stuff. It just didn't have the wow factor that a premiere should have. And it was still like, it was like a normal episode. It wasn't even any longer than the normal episode time slot. So, well, I mean, for us, it's two hours because we're talking about two episodes here. So let's pretend that it's extended. Um, well, I watched them separate. I did not watch. <laughs> so did I. <laughs> now, did, how quickly were you able to watch this? Cause again, I'm in Canada. I can watch this live you find other means you know last season i think sometimes it would be like two or three days before you could find it were you able to watch this pretty quickly because i think you actually had seen the end of it you didn't confirm with me but you saw the end of it and waited for my reaction because i think we got halfway through the episode before we had to put you know the the twins to bed and everything and i'm like okay i'll finish it tomorrow but jamie really wanted to finish it with me so i finished it the next morning did you get to see this like live or something because you seem to have a response pretty quickly yeah, I um, flew to Canada to watch the premiere at a viewing party. <laughs> Drove across the came... border. <laughs> yeah, I uh, had to get my premiere in before anyone else did. Uh, I, or actually, I broke into the studio at CTV and you watched got a the screener. episode there. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, we'll go over the cast, but um, I, I feel like we're getting maybe more back to basics uh, there is a lot of celebrity casting that we do see on the Canadian seasons. Not celebrities where, you know, they're actors or anything like that, but I guess the same as you'd get on U.S. versions or um, you know, Survivor, where there's a lot of athletes and stuff like that. You know, this time we have Sarah and Sam who are teammates. I guess they're kind of the um, Melissa and... why? What was the name we kept calling Melissa's partner last season? Karen. Karen, yeah. It's not Karen. We just always got it wrong. Uh, but... You know, um, obviously they were a team that was kind of thrown together. I sort of felt like right off the bat, Sarah and Sam, they almost were introduced as, hey, you know, we're both on Team Canada. Like, they didn't say they knew each other or anything like that. So they seem like they're kind of thrown together. But then we get other teams like the Twins, Megan and Marie. I don't feel like we got a lot out of them in the first two episodes. Well, we definitely, you know, got some more out of them in the second episode. But they didn't stand out as much as I thought they would have. You know, Anthony and James, going to be huge characters. Especially Anthony, please confirm this with me. Anthony, does he not have, like, one of the deepest, most radio-friendly voices you've ever heard? Or am I alone in thinking this? Because I was watching this, and every time Anthony was on, like, Jamie, can you not hear his voice? And she's like, I don't know what you're talking about. He sounds completely normal. 
I did not pick up on this. So I'm the only one. He's a very powerful voice. I want to get him on the show so uh, we can just hear him. Like, Hi, welcome to the Oz Network. Um, some of the other teams here, we had Trish and Amy. Uh, we had Lauren and Joanne. Uh, Nikki and Aisha. Uh, Jill's and Sean. So we get an older... It's been a while since we had an older person. I don't think the Canadian versions ever had a grandparent really on the show. Uh, I-, I love whenever we have an older contestant, especially when they do well. And they weren't the first ones out, which I was very happy about. Uh, Artie and Thinesh. Uh, and I guess the uh, the big ones being Jet and Dave and Dave and Arena. So we get a feud pretty much right away. And this is something that the Amazing Race Canada doesn't get as much of, uh, the rivalry. And I don't know what that is. I mean, maybe it's a, you know, polite Canadians, even though I've always said Canadians are only polite to your face. I mean, Canadians are pretty two-faced behind your back. You know, they, they just uh, are, are, are very nice and cordial uh, in front of a camera or on a podcast. Right, Rossi? What do you say about me when I'm not there? Uh, lots of stuff. You would never know because the microphones aren't rolling. But um, we get like a real rivalry here. And it still is like way more polite than I think what you get in the U.S. version. But I love this that right away we get Dave and Arena like, no, we're going to take them down. And Jet and Dave messing with them. Oh, he's going to mess up. He's going to mess up. That's, my, I think, my biggest disappointment more than anything with Jet and Dave leaving early is that we didn't get more out of this. Although in episode two, we saw David Arena still, you know, still stirring things up a little bit. Uh, do you like seeing some rivalries on here? And uh, Dave and Arena overall, give me your overall impression on them. I mean, I'm so down for like teams getting really competitive. Like I feel like last, or the last season of the Amazing Race US, it didn't get super competitive. I felt like a little bit, but you know, it's felt like it's been missing. And so it's cool to have it. I was really shocked that it was the first thing that we like get like episode one and everyone's like i've got to win five express passes before (laughs) you haha like in your face like it was just really intense for a premiere Mm -hmm. but i mean it's cool to have and i'm glad to see that these two are not giving up on this competition Uh, and dave and irena i'm very mixed oh because i want to like they're fun people to watch like i I, like i can't look away kind of thing but like i would hate them so much if i met them so i can't i'm not in love with them too much so you know what like here's the thing um i see it as like friendly competition they have like they're not being outright nasty and especially with the jet and dave thing it's almost like egging them on a little bit and jet and dave were doing the same thing to dave and arena um but even though in real life I am totally not you know, a person who would taunt or things like that, I almost feel like I would be arena on this race. Like if I get really like I'm super competitive, but I get competitive about something, I'm like you know I'm totally gonna beat you, right? Like, uh, and I don't feel like they're doing it because there's there's some people who see, seem to be saying like oh they're so cocky and stuff like that. It's not that at all. If you really watch them, they're doing this almost as a mind game. It's like psyching somebody out. Like, have you ever seen the movie Basketball? Nope. Okay, you got to watch Basketball. Okay, so it's a great movie. The two guys who created South Park and obviously do all the voices as well, they starred in this movie, a live-action movie. And um, it's basically a game that's combining baseball and basketball. But they created all these rules, and they turn into a real league. And one of the things in this sport is that they get to psych the other person out. So when somebody's throwing a pitch or whatever it is, part of their job is 
to insult their mother and do this and that to see if they'll mess up. And that's what I liked about David Arena. And they're not really doing anything maliciously. I just feel like they're they're building themselves up, and that will have a psychological effect on some people. And that's I don't know. I'd I'd probably do a little bit of that. I don't know if I do it as much as they did, but I'm loving them as characters. Even though maybe I'm with you that it, it, if I were on this race and I had to pick, oh, which one of these teams would I get along with? I don't know if they're endearing themselves to anybody, but I still think it's fun to watch. Which I'm hearing you're kind of with me on that. I mean, I'm so, like. For a team that I like, quote unquote, don't like, I'm enjoying watching them more than I would expect. Like, usually the teams I hate, and I'm just not about it. I'm like, Ugh, just get eliminated already or something like that. But I'm invested a little too much, especially because they have two express passes and stuff. Mm-hmm. So I'm interested to see what they've got. Uh, the only issue I have about this like cockiness is that it feels more like Russell Hans style instead of like you know, Richard Hatch or something like that. You know, it feels more like it there is like a trend of maliciousness in a way, maybe not entirely. So like, maybe that's why my hesitation like is with liking them. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, let's go through the legs here. Uh, we're not going to do every single challenge like we normally do. Cause we have two episodes to cover here, but, um, well, I think we should first talk about, um, the cliff bars that made a prominent appearance. In the <laughs> well, that will be part of it. Yeah. <laughs> product. I mean, placement. you got to get the product placement out of the way. Um, that's the thing I love most about this. Like when, when they get, uh, go to the cliff bar stop and pick your favorite one. Like, oh, I love these cliff bars. <laughs> is anybody reading off of a cue card or is this a natural <laughs> reaction? I mean, I've had cliff bars before, you know, they're, they're good. Um, I don't know if I'd be excited. I just imagine if some of the teams go up and they're like, oh man, these things are so gross. Do I really have to? It's like, come on, say it for the camera. And they're losing time in the race because they won't deliver the product placement. Uh, but yeah, Cliff Bars, good product placement this time around. Well placed, not obvious at all. Still, there is nothing that is more obvious than the BMO uh, Express Prestige whatever MasterCard. <laughs> no! My precious BMO. <laughs> uh, if Rossi ever moves to Canada, he is not banking with a Bank of Montreal. Uh, so anyways, rest in peace. <laughs> so they start out in Toronto um, and eventually we'll move to Kamloops. So you pronounce both T's. What is wrong with you? I know. Well, I've, I've been listening to an American talk for approximately 13 minutes now. Toronto. It's rubbing off on Toronto. Me. Toronto uh, sorry, Toronto. They start in Toronto and uh, <laughs> they move to Kamloops. Uh, I, I tried to <laughs> drop the P there, but <laughs> uh, I just want to say Canada has some of the most hilarious city names. Like Kamloops has always been one of my favorites. Flin Flon, Manitoba is another one of my Saskatoon's obviously a great one. But yeah, they get to go to Kamloops. Uh, I have been to Toronto, the airport, and I've been to Kamloops. Uh, I think we even camped there when I was a kid, but uh, not that I would recognize anything on there. But uh, the first roadblock we get is the the next product placement, which this was a cool uh, product placement, The Lion King, where they're doing voiceover work. So they go to this recording studio, and the voiceover work is essentially voicing over the trailer now i think i had seen the trailer before but i wasn't quite as aware that this was just the theatrical trailer as i was watching i it's not really clear how much they're recording and all that when this episode ended and i went to go see spider-man far from home like two days later and they're playing the trailer i was reciting these lines in the middle of the trailer even though i think i've only really seen the trailer once uh because you just heard it so many times in this episode there's honestly like three lines of dialogue in that whole trailer. So that's all they really had to memorize. But they were so 
precise with the judgments. And that's what I loved in both these episodes, that there was so much of a challenge to every roadblock and every detour where nobody just got it on the first try, especially this one. It was over and over and over again, with the exception of Arena, who just plows through this thing with no struggles at all as everybody else is doing seven, eight, nine takes. You know, crazy that she could get through it so well. It also doesn't even sound like English is necessarily her first language. I don't even know where she said she was from. Uh, but even though it was product placement, I thought it was, it was cool. It's something we really haven't seen before. Um, and we get lots of Lion King stuff on there. Uh, and then, just like they did last year, you know, we get a roadblock followed by another roadblock. So just when you think, oh, we'll have you do the roadblock, then the other team member has to perform another one. This is when we get the the uh, what would you call it? I guess it's like a, a forward-facing zip line. You're basically flying like Superman over this canyon, and uh, th- there's this giant lake in there, and then they have the ball you have to throw in, which, again, you'd think, well, okay, they're just throwing a ball in there, but it's a cool visual. We've had so many of these, you know, first episode challenges where it's like, you're going to skydive, you're going to bungee jump, and it's just about will you do that. And here it's like, okay, you're going to do this, and then you have to get the ball in the center. And again, teams really struggled, especially with uh, uh, Jills and Sean, I think they were the last ones to finish this. And when Jill's finally got it, there's a shot in the corner of the screen where you see all these balls that I guess didn't hit the mark. They've just been shoved off to the side, like right in the corner of the lake. And there's dozens of balls there. So the amount of times we saw people miss on camera, it probably didn't even scratch the surface to how hard this actually was. So I like the challenge of this. And again, I thought the visual was cool. Uh, Did we have anything else on here? Was that the only two challenges? You remember? I don't have any other notes here. I mean, we had they had to go to the cattle ranch. Oh, the cattle ranch, yeah. Find the ear clue or <laughs> which whatever. Is, yeah, which is more, you know, let's find a clue. But again, it was it was challenging. Some teams were trying to chase them around. Other ones were like, no, just don't chase them. Just move really slowly, and then you'll eventually just read the clue from a distance. There was some strategy in there. I like that. Like honestly, the more I even talked about this, I really loved the premiere episode. Um, and you know, overall, they they uh, end up. I guess focusing more on the transportation at the end of this episode because we had some teams shaking up and then Jet and Dave who were dominators on the original season dominators on this entire leg get that brilliant shot where they're going into the gas station and asking does anybody have a smartphone meanwhile they have the cameraman shooting the shot of that map which was such great placement without even realizing until it's over but like enough to clue the audience in hey, they're missing something here because they don't look at a map. Jet and Dave, the favorites, the ones who were voted back in, one of those dominant teams in seven seasons, first eliminated for not looking at a map. I know you particularly were crushed by this, but just overall, Lion King, uh, Zipline, Cattle, <laughs> Clue Reading, and Jet and Dave, overall, Amazing Race, Episode 1. Yeah, I mean, I voiced my opinion on the ball drop. Mm-hmm. Um, not that thrilling. Fine visual, but like comparison to someone stressed about tightrope walking and can they do it? Oh, no, they fell. Like that was more suspenseful. Uh, I was laughing at first when I got the Lion King challenge. Like I was like, oh, I like groaned at the product placement. Um, but it was surprisingly fun shocked that Irina got it first try like I was not expecting that at all and then um Sam the like star athlete trying to memorize the lines and then gets into the booth and sees the lines right there so he had (laughs) waste all that time 
which ended up putting them in last place at that time. So that was crazy. So there was some fun stuff in it, just product placement, but whatever. Better than like, what was it last season where it was like, can you spot this on the screen, the, the eye contact lens or whatever? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> so better than that. I'll take it. It's better than that. And uh, what else? oh yeah the cat whatever get your next clue I'm glad that we have challenges that are actually like in between other than just roadblocks and detours so that was fine and the best part of the race was the navigating the self guiding navigating that they had to do which is really being on Canada because they never leave Canada so or not never but hardly leave Canada so it's like fun to actually see teams actually get lost some teams with maps got lost teams without maps got lost teams without maps knew where they were going. You know, someone grew up there when they were two or something like that. So there's a lot of interest in that. And obviously that's what kills a lot of the teams, like guiding themselves to these locations. Like even Nikki and Aisha who ran down the hill to find the pit stop and they got like lost in the woods and then had to come back and they dropped like five places or something because of that. Mm-hmm. And you know that that... Um, thing with Jet and Dave in the store and the map was set up. Like, there was no way those maps were just delicately placed there. Like, the <laughs> cameraman just popped them there and then shot it. Like, you but, I mean, I was devastated at the loss of the team that I most wanted in the, the race out of the three choices. So, I was devastated, but at the same time, they're idiots. <laughs> Hence your dunce cap profile pick right now. Look, they're idiot. I can't believe. <sighs> so stupid. Like, why not get a map? I mean, you're already in the store. The maps are the sure. Maybe the cameraman yeah, strategically placed that. But they even said maybe we should have gotten a map. Like, you're there. Get the map. And how far was it they actually traveled? Like, I don't know how far out from you know where the pit stop was they were. But I think at one point they even say like. We're 80 kilometers outside of whatever city. Like, did they potentially drive 80 kilometers away? <laughs> yeah, that's what makes it even worse. Like, at some point, you've got to, like, realize, like, okay, they're probably not going to make us drive two hours to get to this random mm-hmm. clue spot or something like that. You've got to just clue in. Like, things like that. And, like, they were all at the airport when they had to sign up for that cliff bar thing. Mm-hmm. So, like, my first thought is, we're at the airport. Let's buy as many maps as we can now so we just save mm. them like it's not like they're not staying in canada for more than one leg yeah like they, they it's not a tradition that they leave the the country right away or something like that so like stock up like that would be advantage and then use like iphones on the street for like extra help when yeah. you're really confused about where this coffee shop is or something like that i mean obviously it was a dumb mistake but like we couldn't have asked for a more dramatic start to this season because often the first team that goes, it's like, okay, well, it's pretty clear. Like, Jill's and Sean. That would have been such an obvious choice. Jill's and Sean, the moms. Like, I was ready yeah. for that to happen. Yeah, and and here we get the 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 superhero team <laughs> who's Canada's choice, and they're the first ones gone. And even though it is disappointing because they're such huge stars, like, as far as the, as being characters on television, like, it's, it's made me so intrigued in the season that even in episode two, they started off by saying this is anybody's race because the racers are shocked by this. And yeah, it was, I think it was just the perfect way to really grab the audience on episode one and be like, Hey, this is going to be, I mean, you never know what's going to happen from this point on, but it's like, this is going to be really unpredictable. Um, Apparently arena is an actress, a model and a writer. 
Uh, <laughs> she has her own Wikipedia page. So she's Russian originally. Uh, she worked for a Montreal news website. Um, they talk about Dave here. Uh, I don't know what she's acted in. Um, the Lion King. She she did uh, some work on a Need for Speed video game. <laughs> uh, so she's appeared in Naked Josh as Hot Blonde, in Faustian fashion as Russian Vampire, Too Tall, 2014's Too Tall as Tall Blonde, 2016's The Game Warden as Redneck Girl, uh, and then Fossey Oh, Tigers? I don't know. I've lost Can them. we suggest an Arena movie month for the Oz Network? We should, yes. We're, we're looking for our month. We're going to do Arena month on the Oz Network. Um, I legitimately want to find some of these movies. Uh, but uh, Maybe yeah. for Bad Movie Month we could do one. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, is Jet and Dave gone and all that? I, I think it would have been great if the person they asked for directions was the cousin of the team giver guy from what was the season four? Oh, <laughs> it's like, Johnny hey, Mustard. Yeah, hey, it's just my cousin, Johnny Mustard. <laughs> and, <laughs> and they're like, oh no, you did it again, Johnny Mustard. <laughs> we should have just bought a map. Curse you, what Johnny Mustard. Uh, yeah, let's bring When's him back. He, when is he coming on the race? Come on. Well, whenever, whenever um, John eventually drops out, Johnny Mustard is the new host. We know that much. Uh, so, episode two, you know, they're still in. Kamloops, um, Cam. It does sound funny. Kamloops. Uh, so, can we just pick the funniest name? That's what we'll do at the end of the season. Funniest Canadian city name. Right now, it's Kamloops. Kamloops uh, and Leaps. <laughs> so we get a couple of tasks in the second one. Um, the first one I thought was great. The the mountain bike. What would you even call it? Like bike racing. Dirt bike. Dirt, dirt bike. There you go. Because <laughs> it was a bike on dirt. That's right. Uh, the dirt bike racing challenge this one was spectacular uh following that we get the uh the detour where they're either uh planting trees uh which i liked again the challenge of that because some teams like oh it needs to be this close it probably would have been better if we got more time on that to see like okay well uh, let's have the judges say now you're about a half an inch too far away on this one uh and then of course there was the the kayak one after that uh, where they have to be tied together, and um, uh, the model train. So they set up a model train set. They have to let it run. I don't feel like that one was really properly explained because I wasn't quite sure they were just setting it up. Again, visually, it didn't lend itself that well to this makes for great TV, uh, but still there was some challenge to it. Uh, overall, the first one's the one I mostly want to talk about. Uh, so the dirt biking thing, I mean, a, can we just say how dramatic it is that I think it was Marie where she was talking about having an accident and like breaking her neck. And then she's the first one who goes, you got this, Marie, you got this. And then she wipes out with one of the craziest wipeouts we've ever seen on The Amazing Race. And then just gets up. You know, Dave finishes with like one second over. So again, there's the challenge to this. Uh, and then we get Jills and Sean where they're going back and forth. You know, uh, I think Sean was in this oh yeah, I drive one of these things every single day. Like He drives a motorcycle. I don't think he's driving a dirt bike to work through the city. Uh, and, and then Jill's just like, he's been racing on tracks like this ever since he was a kid. And then three, two, one, go. Do, do, do. <laughs> like, flops right over. Could not have scripted it better. Uh, that was my favorite one too. Um, uh, anything you want to add on any of these challenges here before we get to what I really liked, which was the the, the hiking part towards the pit stop? 
I uh, loved the first challenge. I thought it was cool. I thought it was cool, especially, you know, hearing the backstory back by Marie, you know, she broke her neck and like she couldn't even like they were said she's lucky to breathe, let alone walk. And here she is doing another dangerous like stunt thing and she crashes it in the ad break and you're like, is she going to be okay and everything? And that was just dramatic. And then some of the wipeouts were pretty great, like Sean, especially who had ridden bikes and all that kind of stuff. Uh, and poor Joanne, who just ate it so many times. And, like, this episode, like, I fell in love with these, uh, Lauren and Joanne. Like, I already loved them. They were my favorite team for really? episode one. And then I just fell more in love with them. They were just so crazy. They're just so crazy. I just fell in love with them. And her, like, jumping off the bike, it's like, I'm okay and everything. She was just great. I, it was just a fun challenge. And some of the other challenges paled, like planting trees. Uh, I did like when Dave and Irina just did it by f- marking paces, mm-hmm. and then the other teams come up and do rope measurements, and they're like, "We're idiots! We didn't mm-hmm. know that we should do that." I was like, I feel like they're so focused on like we got to win that they don't take a step back, mm-hmm. like which is super important for the race. Like you've got to read your clue, you got to know what you're doing, and I feel like that's going to trip them up at some point. That those are so focused on getting ahead that they just miss the details and like they'll get stuck at some stupid roadblock that like takes hours because they couldn't figure it out or something. Um, and no one's going to help them because they're just assholes. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, the kayaks were weird. Like why were the, like the challenges that they were together, but like that was just really weird. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> I mean, challenging, but again, like all the teams were doing is that, you know, I've never kayaked like this before. Like it doesn't make any sense either. Mm-hmm. It's not like, you know, sometimes they'll go to a foreign country and they'll be like, we're going to be in the rice paddies or something and do this thing that they do all the time. Like, there's no justification yeah. for why the kayaks were tethered together. Like, it's not even, like, in this crazy sport that we made up here in Kamloops or something. It was just well, out of the blue. What if this was, like, you know, what foaling was at the end of Amazing Race US? <laughs> like, yeah, this is a famous thing in Detroit. So all the people, are like, oh, they've tied the kayaks together. That's so Revelstoke. We get it. The rest of Canada won't. <laughs> yeah, I didn't understand that at all. Yeah, it's just so random. And also, they made a big deal about like the hike to John. Like, you've mm-hmm. got to search for him. And it was just like up the trail. Like, well, it don't... was, but like teams were legitimately exhausted. Well, you know, I, it was challenging, like n- very difficult. Many teams were like, I can't make it. Mm-hmm. But, like, the clue sold it, like, teams are going to have to hunt for John at the next pit stop, like, in the mountains or something. And it was, like, up the ski path trail. And it was just like, mm-hmm. okay, don't sell it as a big challenge. I, I wonder how challenging that was, though. Because the one thing that stood out to me is, you know, always see these teams that race towards the mat. Usually if it's a person thinks they're in first place, so maybe they're first or second. Or if they're in a foot race with another team, you'll see somebody drop their bags, like, when they're 20 feet away oh, we got to pick up that extra 0.5 seconds of speed. Jills and Sean dropped their backpacks like 20 feet away. There were no other teams in sight, and they knew they were not even close to first. And even John's like, that's right, get, get get your bags. Oh, make sure you're both on the mat. Why, would, were they that tired? That's I don't know if that's what it was, because a lot of the other teams, again, were completely exhausted. Where they're like, I can't carry, if I don't have to carry this backpack the last 20 feet, I'm not carrying the backpack the last 20 feet. And other teams seemed like, really wiped out too i think that's what i like because i always love the pit stops where there's a challenge like i can't remember which season it was 
where they're in the middle of like uh, like all these canyons and mini mountains and stuff like that, and they couldn't find where Phil was. It was in the U.S. version, and some of them were going up to the top. And I think we even saw it at the end of you know season thirty-one of the um, U.S. version too. But I want a bit of a challenge where it's like it's not just how quickly you can get through the challenges. Let's see how smart you are and how quickly you can get to the pit stop. And maybe another team will overtake you just because you know you can't race with your backpack or you don't spot him in the middle of this trail. I mean, I don't know what Jills and Sean or some of the other teams are doing with the bag drop. Like, it's been a thing. Like, I'm, you know, Jonathan and Victoria way back when in the U.S. where it's like he dropped his bag and she's like, no, like we got to take it and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So bag dropping has been a big thing. Uh, I guess the only like strategy reason I would say about it is like, you want to get to the pit stop as fast as you can. Cause it's, mm-hmm. you know, 20 or 12 hours later or something, you depart or something. So you want to make sure you're ahead of the time, like get as fast as you can. So you leave earlier or something like, cause unless it's a flight, like you're, using that time to your advantage or something. Uh, the big drama here, this is the other Dave and Arena moment, which I get people would interpret things a certain way, but again, I'm looking at these people feeling like it's fun competition for them and a lot of like, when Arena says something when, uh, you know, you've won a trip to where, where was the trip in this one? Uh, the first place team got it. Exotic location number Madrid. one? I don't remember. Yeah, it was Madrid. <laughs> And then Arena's like, this is okay, we've been to Spain, we don't need to go. Most people are going to view that as like, oh, she's a sore loser. I think she was doing that for fun. I think this is humor for them. Because nobody's legitimately going to be that poor of a loser that they're going to say that. And I thought it was hilarious when she said that, you know? Um, And then they're like, and you also get this express pass. And they're like, we got nothing. We'll shut up now. (laughs) Um, Totally endearing themselves as, as villains and great characters for me. Uh, but how many express? We have three express passes now out there, and the express passes are given out uh, to um, Dave and Arena in the first leg. They have to give away by what was it? Leg five? I think it's three that they have to give they it have away. To give it away, yeah. And five, they have to use it. And now Artie and Dinesh have to leg seven to use theirs. Yeah. So you you have the staggering of the express pass, which I like too, and I think that's what made for such a good moment. It's like Dave and Arena could have had two in their pocket and another one to give away. Uh, with this many express passes, I mean, I'm not that upset about it uh, because we've seen certain teams that Rossi's loved in the past just don't use an express pass when maybe they oh, should have. Get out of here. <laughs> but um, They were going to win. <laughs> Dave and Arena, the team who probably seems less likely to share than anybody, which again, I love about them, uh, they now are going to share one at the end of the next leg what's your theory on what they're going to do with this? They're probably just going to, they're probably going to think strategy. So they're probably going to give it to like, probably Lauren and Joanne or like Jills and Sean, like who they Mm -hmm. view as the weakest team so that it's like wasted or that, you know, they don't want to give it to Sarah and Sam, like a strong team or something like that. So they're going to try and burn it as soon as they can. Yeah. And they're probably going to say some confessional that people are going to be so upset about. Like, they're going to be like, "These people are losers, and they're not going to use it wisely." Or some idiot, or they're like idiots, or something like you know. I I completely agree. I think it would be a total waste to give it to a strong team. Why not give it to a weaker team? Like Jills and Sean would be, you know, 
you would think the best choice because yeah they came in third on this leg but who's not going to look at the the old man with his grandson and say let's you know give them the express pass over the two olympians or future olympians or whatever it is uh so yeah we're both predicting pretty much the same thing uh let's quickly run through the teams here we're going to do very also, quick quickly go ahead just and like Mason Race Canada behind in the times express pass is old news what is this they need a new twist uh well they they previewed that in the next episode what did they call it again like a one-way um i didn't see the preview oh, you don't so. have the preview sorry yeah so the preview for the next episode says you know an amazing race first a double one-way or something like that what? they don't explain <laughs> what it is but partner swap partner swap, partner swap. <laughs> no partner swaps <laughs> please but yeah, there's there's there is a new twist coming next week, so we can get excited for that. Can and, we met Irina with Jills? Like, oh, okay. So no, I'm on for the partner swap now. <laughs> <laughs> like Dave with Lauren, or yes. one of the moms with Irina, or something like that. Can you imagine? <laughs> uh, or the one way they just bring Jet and, Jet and Dave back, or something like that. Ooh. If you go this way, Jet and Dave return. If you go this Ooh. way, Frankie and Amy, who should have been on here in the first place, come back. And then if you do nothing, Brent and Sean come back. Yeah. <laughs> so all of our favorites have a chance of coming back again. Or they all come back because you get all three or something. Like, <laughs> you open the bad twist gate and here they come. <laughs> bad twist gate. <laughs> uh, I think that we've seen that on several seasons. Um, if it was bad twist gate, they'd bring back the winners of season one. Oh, too hard. Um, let's quickly run through all these teams. This is going to be very quick because, you know, we're... Cutting this one short this week. Um, quick, uh, let's say five-second answer on each of these teams. Tenth place, Jet and Dave. No! Uh, agreed. I was too, so too happy to have them, but like, I'm glad that they're out in a weird way because I wanted a new team to win. Yeah. Like, as much as I love them, I wanted a new team to win. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nikki and Aisha. Uh, they were fun in the first episode, and then... That was yeah. about it. I, I really like them on episode one. And I don't know what the, they just, they blended into the background. This probably because they were in the back of the pack the whole time. But yeah, I didn't notice them as much. Um, Lauren and Joanne. Love. Uh, fave team. Can you, can you give me a reason why? Not that I'm saying anything against them. They're but. just like funny and quirky. They're like, I feel like they're like the Frankie Amy equivalent. They're just like fun, quirky. They're a little odd. They say weird things. Like Lauren just goes off and does random things all the time. Like, she falls off the bike and she's like smiling and she's like, I'm okay. And mm. stuff like that. That's just like fun. Like even when they were like upset at the challenges, this like they were still like fun to watch. Like, I don't know. I just really love them. I hope okay. that you'll see that too. Again, nothing gains them. They just don't stand out yet for me. Uh, Trish and Amy. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I like them. They're an underdog team. Um, Anthony and James. They're the most interesting team, I feel like, just because I want more personality. I feel like we're not getting too much out of them. They're a little bit robot for me, but they're just like it's an, such an interesting team. Um, they have their like Colin and Christie isms a bit too, because they're the in, indigenous. Is that the word mm-hmm. that I? Yeah. Yeah, they're like the indigenous team. So like they were like, we love the Mother Earth and we got to feel the energy and stuff. Like, so. They're fun and quirky. I'm cool with them. Megan and Marie. I love them too. They're just they're they're just fun. I I think that they got a cool story. Like 
the twins and then mm-hmm. that they're like adventurous like one was in the pan am games and stuff like that so they're just like a fun team and i love having them megan and marie um if you haven't listened to our show before uh my wife and i just had newborn twins boys remy and casey and uh i've been doing this since we had our oldest three-year-old casper uh where we name his stuffed animals after amazing race teams uh we just named their first stuffed toys they got which is a bear and a dog martina and phil um but the next ones we get we're gonna name megan and marie uh we're gonna quickly go through these uh sarah and sam fun cool i really (laughs) have nothing on them they're boring (laughs) uh jills and sean fun casting i don't really care too much about them like i want they're like a fun cast but like they're not doing too much for me and david arena we've talked a lot about so let's just add on Artie and thanesh they're so fun. I think that they're like the odd couple of the team at the race. And they're just like, I'm expecting them to go like OG Colin and Christy at some point. Yeah. Well, they're newly dating. So yeah. So I'm expecting fireworks and I'm hoping that we get that. Maybe next week with the double one way, uh, <laughs> otherwise known as two ways. <laughs> uh, so they're two separate one way. One <laughs> to dunk twister. So we will be back next week to talk episode three um, as well, as you heard at the beginning of the show, Martina. Oh, predictions, real quick. Uh, we'll, we'll do predictions next week. Um, <laughs> we'll have Martina on for uh, the full interview uh, this weekend, so make sure to listen to our interview with Martina from season six and watch The Taste of the Race, which she's on as well, the nice new web series they have of her and Phil doing a cooking competition. Um, so lots of Amazing Race Canada to come, double one ways all the way around. Um, thank you for joining me, Rossi. Thanks for finally having me in, uh, uh, what is it, Cam Loops? Cam Loops. Toronto. Um, and welcome to Flint Flock. That's all I want to hear this season. Thank you for listening to the Oz Network. Don't forget to subscribe to get new episodes delivered to your speakers every week. For more information, hit us up at theoznetwork.net.